You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. And welcome back. Thank you for staying with us on Real Presence Live. Before we head into our next segment, we want to invite you to visit our website, realpresenceradio.com, for even more great content. There you can listen for listen to programming from your local area, find a podcast you missed from one of the daily shows, submit a prayer intention, see the latest cancellations, announcements, coronavirus stuff. Yeah. Uh, just come in and check it out, realpresenceradio.com. You know, it's a fantastic website. It's mm-hmm. really maintained very well. And then you can you can get podcasts or you see the schedule yep. if there's a certain EWTN you yeah, know, show you want to listen to. It, it's really a wonderful website. You might hear a segment on, on one of the Real Presence Lives that you want to share with someone else. And so you can go back and find that and say, hey, check this out. Yeah, and, and you can download the app too, which is fantastic yes. and really easy to do. And then Good you have stuff. access to all of that. Absolutely. All right, well, we are moving on. We've got Thomas Escrow, the Director of Evangelization and Discipleship from Sacred Heart Parish uh, in Aberdeen on the line with us. Good morning to you, Thomas. Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Oh, it is a joy, man. Uh, Thomas and I were good friends before he moved down to South Dakota. Um, we were working together on a, a men's ministry here in, in the Diocese of Fargo, so it's uh, it's always a treat to, ha- to have the chance to talk to you again, brother. We're, we're still good friends. Yes. We're good friends, yes. and we still are. Yes, yes, exactly. Even though we're Dakotas apart. It's like that classic, you know, uh, Mary and Joseph did not have relations until she gave birth. That's not saying that they stopped having, you know, that they had relations afterwards. So the until there is uh, it's not indicative of things that follow. So we were friends before you ever left, I guess. That's what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> Um, anyway, so uh, before we dive into this discussion on the, the classic uh, man movie, uh, Braveheart, which is probably familiar to, to many of the people who are listening who are, you know, certainly of my age, uh, Gen, Gen Xer, um, do you want to offer a disclaimer, Thomas? Yeah, sure. So we're going to be talking about the movie Braveheart, the Mel Gibson movie, just turned 25 years old mm-hmm. uh, a little, a few weeks ago. So if you haven't seen the movie, just a, just a quick disclaimer, the movie is rated R um, for, for multiple reasons. So like, don't go home and, and turn off this movie for the little kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, do your research on it. Um, great movie. We're going to be talking about the theme. So our discussion isn't, isn't necessarily isn't going to be rated R about those parts. But right. just want to throw that disclaimer out in case you haven't seen it, um, that it might not be suitable for all audiences. Great. Oh, that's Excellent. that's great. That might be why I haven't seen it. Yeah, I'm going to make a confession here on live radio, and so I'm really excited to. I, I even asked my husband last night, "Have you seen it?" He's like, "Well, I've seen parts of it." Yeah, and uh, probably because I'm not one who likes violence. Yeah, well, that's so one of the things I with Mel Gibson. If you get away. into a Mel Gibson movie, it's it's bloody. <laughs> I mean, that's that's his thing. It seems yeah. like in most most of his films, uh, but it is so powerful, isn't it, Thomas? Especially this theme of fatherhood, right? Yeah, explain yes. that oh, to yes, us. Exactly. So, so the, uh, I watched or was a part of an event from the Theology of the Body Institute not too long ago oh. that really explored them. It was kind of one of these really unique um, coronavirus-type events. Yes. They said, hey, we're going to have an event where everybody watch the movie from your own living room at the same time, and then we'll have a live chat hmm. going, and we'll explore this, uh, this movie together. So I got to hear and be a part of this event with people from the Theology of the Body Institute, like Christopher West or Bill Donahue, where they were really exploring um, the theme of fatherhood that's kind of strung throughout the movie. 
um, which was fascinating because, like I said, this movie just turned 25 years old. I'm only 30. Hmm. So I've, I've seen this movie for probably, oh gosh, I don't know, 15, 20 years maybe. Okay. And uh, as a kid, I, I love the battle scenes. I love the, yeah. the machoism, right? That's what kind of drew me to the movie. And then as an adult, I, I went back and I watched it and I was just struck, dumbfounded by this theme of fatherhood that's strung throughout it. So I'm excited to be on the radio and to talk about it a little bit with you guys. So as we as we kind of begin going that direction, let's can, can we kind of look at what is fatherhood? I mean, obviously this is something that's very very it's known to all of us because we were we have all been fathered in some respect. Now some people the, their father was not present in their lives afterwards, which is tragic. Um, but th- this this reality of fatherhood not only is a human reality; it's one that resonates on into the divine. That that um, this is really what we're all created from and for, right? So t- let's talk about fatherhood first. Yeah, yeah, you kind of hit the nail on the head there, Brad. We all know what it means biologically to father a child, what we mean when we say um, he fathered a child. However, we know that not all men, not all biological fathers are real fathers, right? We have a crisis of fatherhood in our world today. So what does it mean? I would propose to you and to our audience, fatherhood is much more spiritual Mm. than it is biological. Much more spiritual than it is biological. What do I mean by that? I mean, fatherhood is about receiving something, and we'll get into that something in a second, receiving and then passing it on and giving it um, to somebody else, right? And in that way, I think fatherhood uh, is really all about being an icon, an image, if you will, of God himself. We're all created in God's likeness and image. And what is God? Who is God? God is this eternal exchange of self-giving love Mm -hmm. that... From all eternity, the Father gives of Himself in complete love to the Son. And the Son, Jesus Christ, receives the Father's love and in turn returns it back to the Father. And this love between the Father and the Son is so real, so tangible, so uh, part of reality that it is, in fact, a whole other person. It's the person of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so it's this Trinitarian exchange of love. So fatherhood in the image of the Trinity is about giving of ourselves for another, for others. And I think in the masculine identity, um, we're particularly drawn or particularly made to be the initiator of this life-giving love. You know, it's stamped into our very bodies, as Theology of the Body and John Paul II would say, that the man and fatherhood is about this, setting the pace of self-giving love in your family. That you're you're made uh, to be a leader in setting the pace of self-giving love, of giving um, away and sacrificing for your wife and your children. And when you do that, your family follows. Mm. So that's, you know, when I reflect upon fatherhood, that's what comes to my mind. And that's, uh, yeah, awesome. what I think of when I think awesome. of fatherhood. Yeah. So now we've talked about um, the fact that this theme, this reality of fatherhood, is very, very present in Braveheart. Can you start to kind of tease out some of that? Yeah. So if you haven't seen it, Braveheart is this movie about uh, a Scottish warrior, uh, William Wallace, right? And he's um, sort of a peasant, peasant class. And, you know, the iconic scenes, he's got blue face paint on, leading charges into battle, cutting people up with a with a broadsword. Yep. But actually, the movie begins far before all of that, before the blue face paint, before the battle cries, before freedom, <laughs> before any of that. 
uh, William Wallace is a child. Mm-hmm. He's a boy. And it starts by showing this relationship between William Wallace and his father, Malcolm. And Malcolm uh, believes in the same cause that William grows up to fight, and that is Scottish independence from the English. Mm-hmm. Right? And so Malcolm goes off to battle with, with William's brother um, and dies for this cause. So even from a young age, William is being formed by his father to say, there is something in this life that's worth fighting. Mm-hmm. There is something out there beyond us that's worth dying for, that's worth sacrificing for. Now you went into Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, to some degree, right? A cosmic exchange or battle between good and evil. And so, and what's so interesting, after the funeral, at the tail end of the funeral of Malcolm, William's father, you kind of think, oh boy, he's going to be an orphan now, he really doesn't show a mother, what's going to happen? Malcolm's brother, Argyle, steps in, and and William goes with his uncle Argyle, and Argyle continues the fatherhood of William um, through his adolescence, Um, specifically not only from like a a battle, like teaching him how to be strong and to fight, but teaching him how to be smart, how Mm -hmm. to use his brain before his brawn, you know? Yeah, I love that scene where he, uh, he, you know, um, young William grabs the sword that Argyle has in front of him and kind of lifts it up, and, and Argyle turns to him and says, first, I want to teach you to use this, and points to his forehead, before, and then I'll teach you how to use this, and holds up the sword, right? Right, exactly. So the movie is very uh, intentional about showing William is receiving something. He's receiving something from Malcolm, and he's receiving something from Argyle. He's being father, mm-hmm. not just by his biological father, right? And so then the movie picks up, then, and shows all the other... Um, themes or father-son combinations throughout it. So you have Hamish, who's William's friend, a, fe- a fellow fighter and peasant, and his father, Campbell. Um, and, you know, there's, it's kind of a side story a little bit, but mm-hmm. there's just, just these great one-liners that Campbell has when they're having a friendly battle of, a, not battle, but competition about who can throw a rock the farthest. Campbell walks by and he goes, you show him how it's done, son. Mm-hmm. And just a one-liner of I believe in you. Mm-hmm. You can do it. I know you have the strength to do it. And Hamish is uh, is strong, and he's able to throw the rock, you know, far distance, and he's confident in his masculinity and his identity because he has a father like Campbell, mm-hmm. right? But so that's another like um, protagonist type father son combination. But there's a, a couple others that really make the story thicken, right? There's the father son relationship between the evil king of England, Longshank. Mm-hmm. and his son, the prince. And Longshanks, rather than setting the pace of self-giving love in his family, is selfish, and he's cruel, yes. and he's a tyrant. And, um, I have to jump in dominated. here for a moment, Thomas, and, and make a little confession. So um, some, a friend of our family had did, done a research on our family lineage, and uh, Longshanks is my great-great-grandfather. I don't know, 26 great-grandfathers, something like that. So there's a little bit of shame in watching Braveheart for me personally. He is not. Is he, he is, real? yes. No way. Yeah. <laughs> well, so. you can bring a redemption. Oh, well, let's hope. God, God willing, lineage. yes. <laughs> oh, that's crazy. Yeah. So, so continue. So you see the, the effects of his poisonous fatherhood, and his son has a, a completely divorced sense from any concept of masculinity at all, right? And then as a third couple, um, Robert the Bruce, who is a Scottish... Uh, landlord so he's not a peasant he's you know one higher up in, in the in the nobility class mm-hmm. and then he has a leprous 
father. Now, the father actually has leprosy in the movie, but the leprosy is a symbol of his interior leprosy or corruption. Mm -hmm. But the father only thinks about how do we make our estate last, our name last, how do we accumulate wealth and power for for the, the Bruce family and not for all of Scotland. Yes. And so the story revolves around this interior struggle that Robert the Bruce has between being fathered by something that he knows is not right, but it's what he's grown up with, and something else out there that he can't quite put his finger on, that he's confused about, that he knows there's something better, but he doesn't recognize it until he comes into contact with William Wallace. Yeah. And I, I really want to dive into that. We're going to have to step away for a brief break here. But uh, when we come back on the other side of the break, I want to talk about this kind of fatherly role that William Wallace takes toward Robert the Bruce, true, too, because he uh, sort of steps in in a certain sense as a as a surrogate father, uh, um, because the Bruce's uh, father is this decadent, you know, vile man who fathers him very, very poorly. So let's we're going to just take a, a brief break and we'll come back on the other side and kind of go into that um, aspect of, of discipleship fathering. Sounds awesome. All right. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. There was a lady that was away from the church for 50 years, and by accident, she turned on the radio in her car one day, was flipping through the stations, started listening to Catholic radio, and began to realize what she's been missing, and Mm. realized that she didn't really understand the faith she was born with, and she is now back in the church, and she is enthused about her faith after 50 years. Another lady said, you know, I had an abortion years ago. I would like to come onto your radio station, be interviewed sometime, and talk about it so that people would understand what abortion truly is. She did that after listening to one of the new radio stations that we've got. So, you know, when you hear reports like that, you say, where else could I spend my dollar to get that kind of results? And uh, uh, so it's, uh, it's a real blessing. S.J. Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, S.J. Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. S.J. Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And this is Real Presence Live, and this is an awesome discussion that we're having on Braveheart, the one of the, the epic, classic man movies, but really saturated with, with themes that 
that that penetrate, that resonate, that um, transcend so much of uh, the daily humdrum, mundane things, and 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 really draw us on to something far greater. We're talking with Thomas Escrow right now. Thomas, we were starting to talk a little bit about this um, this role of fatherhood, this theme of fatherhood in um, in Braveheart, and you talked about some of the father son dynamics between you know fathers and sons in their in the movie. Uh, but there's this other aspect of fathering between William Wallace and Robert the Bruce. Uh, hit that a little bit for us. Yeah, yeah. So Robert the Bruce, like I was saying, is conflicted. He's a conflicted man, but he doesn't know which direction to go. He's being fathered uh, poorly by his leprous father, who is only thinking about his own title. And at the same time, he's being coming into an encounter with this William Wallace. And William sees um, that, that there's more to the Bruce than Robert the Bruce than what meets the eye, that mm-hmm. there's something inside, and it just needs uh, encouragement, it needs to be poured into, it needs, um, you know, to, to be drawn out for the Bruce to take his rightful place as the King of Scotland. Mm-hmm. So you see these, these clips in the movie where William is pleading with Robert the Bruce, he has lines like, you know, your title gives you, um, gives you say in our land, but it, men don't follow titles, they follow courage. You know, he's trying to tell him, and then uh, there's another part where he, he just pleads with Robert Bruce, there's strength in you, I see it, and you, if you just have the courage uh, to lead, they'd follow you, and so would I. So here's William Wallace, who's already amassed a huge army of people that follow him because he's so courageous, and he's telling the Bruce, you have something in you um, beyond what I can do, mm-hmm. and I would follow you if you would just, you know, receive it or believe in yourself and have the courage to do it. You know, when, when you, even when you say that, um, the chills went down my spine, just like when you watch it. There's just something so incredibly powerful about that fatherhood, which is, you know, it, it again, transcends biology, right? This is, this is um, an investment in, in a man that um, you recognize the greatness that's hidden inside of him um, and, mm-hmm. and, and strive to draw it out, right? Right, and... And what's so fascinating, and maybe the climax of the movie, there's probably a couple of different climax mm-hmm. moments, maybe the climax of the movie, William Wallace and the, and the Scottish rebels lose a huge battle. And it's because other Scottish lords betray him mm-hmm. and get bought off by Monchin. And William Wallace chases down one of these lords and removes his helmet after defeating him in battle. And it's Robert the Bruce. Yes, Robert the Bruce has betrayed him, has listened to his leprous father, and instead of following what William is telling and believing the things that William is telling him, he betrays him and, and leads to the defeat of a huge number of Scottish rebels. But even in the midst of his betrayal of William Wallace, William doesn't give up on him. Mm-hmm. He escapes from the battle. He sort of uh, uh, avenges revenge on some of the other lords, but he still has faith that Robert the Bruce, there's something even beyond there, and so really Braveheart to me is a story of redemption of Robert the Bruce. And then there's this you know, there's this scene where Robert the Bruce is fighting with his father over um, over what happened and saying how, you know, he has something I've never had, uh, talking about William Wallace and I wanna believe like he believes mm-hmm. and he sort of he's made his decision. I will never be on the wrong side again. Yeah. And so it's this redemption story of Robert the Bruce and how he recognizes um, where he's been, and he chooses a new path, and it's not too late for him. Yeah. And, you know, so this is one of the things that was fascinating. You and I were talking about this a little bit on the break, too. Um, you know, Braveheart, 
obviously is is this epic film that's focused on William Wallace and his um, leadership of this quest for Scottish freedom under the English tyranny, right? And the, the awful things that the English were doing and, and how he has this sense that um, every man has a right to be free. You see him fighting for something well beyond himself and his own interests. It's it's um, this this um, classic, this basic human right that everyone has. And so the, the movie really revolves around and focuses on, upon him. And so you see all these brave and courageous acts that William, the Wall, William Wallace does and inspires in other people. Um, but in, in uh, you know, trying to find this movie online, um, we, I had mentioned, and you, you were already aware of this, that um, apparently the title Braveheart did not actually belong to William Wallace, but to someone else. Who is that? Yeah, so at, at the very end of the story, the narrator turns out to be Robert the Bruce. And so after William Wallace gets captured, tortured, and killed by the English, Robert the Bruce steps into William Wallace's place. Mm-hmm. He receives his identity and his mission from William Wallace, in, in a sense, his fatherhood, and he continues the mission to go on and mm-hmm. lead the Scottish rebels to ultimate victory over the English and to freedom. So the title Braveheart is actually less about William Wallace and more about Robert the Bruce yeah. attaining, receiving a brave heart. That was actually his historical title, too. Robert the Bruce was known as Braveheart. And and I love that scene at the end where you see this final conflict in him where he's, he's you know, William Wallace has been betrayed and, and he's gone now, right? And so mm-hmm. Robert the Bruce is lined up with all the army and he's going to go forward and receive the crown um, for as king of Scotland under English rule, Right. And so he's kind of got this classic, it's the two roads in front of him. Go forward and receive everything that your father was working for, for you to be king of Scotland. You know, and that if you just do these things, this is what you'll get. And so he's all lined up with the other lords, and he's going to go forward and be crowned. Um, and he looks at the soldiers and, you know, goes forward like, I don't know, 10 yards or something like that. Turns around, looks at the soldiers and uh, pulls out this little uh, token that Robert, that he had gotten from William Wallace from his sleeve and, and, and makes this decision. You know, you've bled with William Wallace, now bleed with me. And just, yeah. <laughs> they, they change from a delegation going to be, receive the crown to a, an army that vanquishes the English, um, the English forces and, and wins yeah. freedom. So it's just glorious. Do, do you remember what that token was? Yeah, it was from Murin, right? Yeah, so there's this, this wedding band that's wrapped around William and his wife's hands in the, the right of marriage in Scotland at the time, you had this wedding cloth that bands the two hands together. And so this cloth, and then Morin, his wife, murdered, and I could riff on this all day, but <laughs> we're running out of time. Anyway, the symbology is rich and beautiful that William is not only fighting for freedom, mm-hmm. he's also fighting for the love of his wife, his yeah. wife who was tragically murdered at the beginning of the movie. And so there's this, this interplay of, I, I'm doing this because I know that she's yeah, and that's the thing. Is it, it's not just blind rage and um, a desire for revenge. It's that she still is, she still is, and she sees me, and I want to do right by her. Right? Yeah, and in the theology of the body context, it's look at the effect of femininity on mm-hmm. masculinity. Yeah, look at how it's not femininity isn't you know pouring um, or generating masculinity that came from. William's fatherhood from Argyle and from Malcolm. Mm-hmm. Instead, femininity is encouraging, and it's it's transcending the natural masculinity. It's just such a fascinating depiction. I just love it. Yeah, amen, absolutely. So, so what do we? 
what do we want to take from this for, for those who are listening? How can we, um, you know, kind of impart this into our own daily practice? Now, you are you're the Director of Evangelization and Discipleship for uh, Sacred Heart Parish. So, I mean, again, there's that, that aspect of discipleship exactly right there with, with William Wallace and Robert the Bruce. It doesn't have to be biological, right? That's, that's exactly right. And, you know, anyone, any guy that sees the movie goes, oh, man, I want to be William Wallace. Yeah. You, know, you want to be this character. But if I had to be honest with myself, I'm more like Robert the Bruce, mm-hmm. where I falter and I fail. I fail to disciple or to be a father to my own children, to those around me. But here's the, the thing to take away. It's never too late. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That Robert the Bruce betrayed Wallace, and yet it's a story of redemption, of that you can always, there's always time, in essence, to be re-fathered. Mm-hmm. So if you could take something away, it's not too late. Maybe you had an absent father, maybe you had a cruel father, maybe you had, you know, whatever. We all have father wounds, right? It's never too late to be re-fathered by God the Father, and also other men in your life around you, to let yourself be fathered by them, because, listen to me, this is so important, please, your fatherhood is essential. Mm-hmm. It's pivotal in the world. I'm getting worked up because I believe this so much. <laughs> All right? You know, you are called to set the pace of self-giving love in your family. Mm-hmm. The church goes by way of the domestic church, the family. The family goes way by the father, of the father. Mm-hmm. If we want to change this world, we fathers must change. Amen. That's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty powerful. I mean, again, a disclaimer, I have not watched the movie, but I did learn a lot. And the whole but theme of that... going to watch it this week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know my husband would love that. And we do have to. We, we want to we re-echo our, our disclaimer from earlier that it is... There are things that are hard to watch in this film, um, and so we're, we're not recommending this broadly for everyone. There's, It's an R-rated movie. There are uh, things that certainly are not suitable for children. Um, and, but but there are themes that are very, very powerful and evocative. Yeah, and, and it's wonderful to hear that and, and to um, see this, you know, tug and pull, and, and it, it is. It's just a big part of life and the reality of fatherhood and the reality of our own personal journey mm-hmm. to the Father in heaven, you know, this tug and pull and yeah. His merciful love, thank goodness. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because if we were forgiven how the world forgives, we'd all be in trouble. But luckily we have that merciful Father who forgives us. And so, yeah, it's great reflections. And yeah. again, I'm just a visual person in those kinds of movies I tend to shy from. Yeah. Excellent. So, Thomas, we got like one minute left. Any final thoughts or reflections, man? Uh, you know, just how grateful I am to be on. I'm grateful for the movie, um, you know. And uh, go watch it if you haven't watched it. Yeah. And look specifically at the fatherhood themes and to reflect in your own life about the role of fatherhood, how it's played out in your, your life, and um, how you're being called to father, to disciple. Maybe you don't even have any biological children. Fatherhood goes beyond biology, yeah. and it's a, in the spiritual realm. Absolutely. So I mean, for all of us to recognize that we can spiritually adopt our children, that this is God's calling for, for each of us as sort of the pinnacle role of masculinity your father absolutely mm-hmm. i'd say that that is the first focus of every man who has children is your your children for our our discipleship our fathering if if robert the bruce had had a father like william wallace did uh this it, it would have it would have wound up with a lot less bloodshed i think yeah absolutely a lot less conflict in yeah. the lives of so many hey, and ha- happy father's day and happy and, and father's day we got that coming up this sunday amen so 
Awesome. Well, thank you for being on with us, Thomas. We are going to have to step away. Uh, but up next, we're dealing with the uncertainty and, e- and any inequality of this time. So stay tuned to Real Presence Live to find out how you can do just that. We'll be with you on the other side of this break.